0: Well, the presence of the Lord is here, I want you to know that Scripture tells us that where two or more gathered, He is here. And a, a um, tactic of the enemy is to get you to hang on to your problem. One great thing about family is, is if you hang out long enough, something's going to slip. You're going to accidentally tell some problem that you're going through. That's on purpose. God puts us around each other, puts us around other people so that he can help us through them. But a tactic of the enemy is to get you to hang on to it. And for you to think, no, nah, the church won't help me. They don't know what I'm going through. Well, have you told anyone? I want to encourage you. I had someone call at 10 o'clock this morning needing help from, from the uh, just a just a cold call, needing help with their electric bill. And I just asked him. I said, are you in church anywhere? And she said, yeah, I'm in church at... I'm just gonna tell you at Washington Avenue. And I said, Great, I know that pastor. I was neighbors with him for 13 years, and I know him to be a man of compassion. They said, Well, I got turned down. I said, Well, do they know you? She said, No. I said, Well, can I encourage you, go back and get plugged in because if they know you, they'll help you. I know Mark Gaw to be a man of compassion. I know he is. He is one of my favorite people in the whole world. But that's what I want to encourage you. If you're here today and you're hurting, you need to just hang around. Come to a meal. Come to a class. Come and hang out and get a cup of coffee and sit sit next to someone. There is help here. But it takes a little bit of effort on your part. The Word of God says you have not because you ask not. And it is very scary to share what you're going through. That's a tactic of Satan, trying to put fear in you to get you to hang on to it. People are going to make fun of you. People are going to cast you out of the church. Let me tell you, if anybody needed to be casted out to the church because of what's been done, I'll be the first one to get thrown out. I'll put my story up with any of you. This is not a place to be cast out. This is a place to be received and loved and needs met and healed. So I want to encourage you. You are facing many challenges. Let's face these together. Let's do this together. I need you. You need me. We're a happy family (laughs) with a great big hug and a kiss from me to you. Won't you say? You love me too. Anybody here have children that watch Barney? (laughs) Sometimes you need to just get back to basics and get back to family. Family is challenging. Matthew 28, we're going to dive right back into where we were. I believe this applies to what everyone is going through. I believe it applies to our vision. Our vision is to be a loving family that seeks to be transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ, reaching our community through genuine relationships as we share the hope that we have found in Jesus, we do this in four main ways: in worshiping, and equipping, and relating, and in reaching. But we were looking last week at Matthew twenty-eight, at the uh, kind of the last instruction that Jesus gave us. Jesus came to them and said, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me." To Jesus, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is a command that Jesus gave to his disciples to go out and to spread, to spread that word, that word of good news, that word of, of responsibility to start growing. We come into this place, we get saved and it's a it's the very first day of growth. It's not the end of your journey, it's the beginning of your journey. It's the beginning. Go and make disciples. Our people need to realize that there is a spiritual battle going on. Many of you are right in the middle of it. There is battle, there is war. And how many of you know a war can't be won by one person? The Philistines tried to do it and it couldn't be done. They tried to put one big tall doofus in front of them. And God called David and the men of God to come before him and to hear his voice and to act accordingly according to his word. We are not in this together, we are not in this alone. But when we choose to live in the light of the truth, we've got to teach these new believers to that there is a team. That there, God has given us his body to be a part of. He's also given us the word of God and he's also given us his Holy Spirit. I believe for Christians that's kind of the three top areas that we've got to focus on. The word, the spirit, and the body. He has a plan for us and it includes those three things. We looked last week at uh, two terms, justification and Sanctification. And I think that we get confused sometimes with these, or maybe we just have no understanding, or we, they're kind of churchy words, and we think we understand them. Justification, if you remember the picture, I had my son Pete come up here, and he put on the white robe, what, kind of to, to show at birth, we're, we're clean, and, but we were born into a sinful world, we're born into a fallen world, and immediately, as soon as he has the opportunity to sin, he sins. And we used chocolate pudding, and it was messy, we dropped it on the carpet up here, and Thank, thank the Lord, Pastor Justin and Gloria did a miracle up here and cleansed it. I'll just say they cleansed it with the blood of Jesus. It's clean. But Pete got all dirty with, uh, with pudding all over himself. Then he came to the cross. He had that moment of receiving Christ as his Lord and Savior. And two different pictures here, we've put his sin-stained white uh, sheet on the cross. But in one sense, it stays on us. It doesn't mean that, it's, that we're still responsible for that sin. It doesn't mean that we're still um, not forgiven of that sin. That sin was paid for. He then got draped over, and I'm just going to use this one. I'll just use them both real quick. Just bear with me. Imagine this one's really dirty. I am covered by the blood of Christ, forgiven for all this stuff that I have done and forever will do, as long as I continue to walk with the Lord in repentance, going to the cross when I fall down. Because unfortunately, I still fall down even after I've had this justification experience. Anybody here ever fallen down? Anybody here ever sinned since they were saved? I was five, so all my sinning was still in front of me. Not all of it. <laughs> But the majority of it. Um, So I come to the cross. I get covered by the blood. Now, when the Lord looks down at me, he does not see this. He sees this. He sees the righteousness of Christ. He sees the blood of Christ. He sees the price that's been paid. I am not viewed through my sin. I am viewed through what Christ did for me. Do You see the difference? Now, Justification. Now, I've come to the altar. Let's say I'm 21 years old. I've been a drunk. I've been sleeping around. I've been stealing. I've just done everything wrong. I have been a sinner and a really bad one. But something genuinely happens in my heart, and I go home. And there's the alcohol or the drugs or the pornography or whatever. Whatever it is, I'm telling big, big things. I hate my brother. I'm carrying unforgiveness. I hate my parents. I hate my life. I hate my spouse. I I just have this burn inside of me. I, I get home and I'm like, what the heck? I just gave my life to the Lord. Why am I still feeling this? Well, if I were to pull this red robe back, I still see. I've still got these challenges in my life. They're not just poof and gone. Anybody here ever come up for prayer for an area of your life, felt like you got breakthrough, and by the time you got home, it showed up again? That's normal. The problem with the church body is we don't come in behind and say, hey, because you're still battling with pornography, that's normal. This is part of it. What you don't realize is the power of Christ is now in you. We just saw that he is with us to the end. He is with us, and all authority that's been given to him has been given to us. Why would he give us that authority? So that we could say no to porn. You just don't know it. You may not even feel like it. You've got to be taught. You've got a. I've got a weapon in your arsenal. We've got to teach you how to use this. But pastor, I'm still battling. That's normal. Let me keep walking with you. Keep walking with us. Keep hanging out with us. Hey, have you ever had this desire? Even though you've got the Holy Spirit and you've gotten saved and you've been baptized, do you still struggle with this? Yes! I do! Well, then what do you do? Thanks for asking. I go run. I go, some, I go somewhere else. You know one of David's big sins happened because he was in the wrong place? He was supposed to be at war, but he stayed home? Wandering around on his roof, saw a naked woman, lusted after her, and got her. Then it got worse. She got pregnant. She, he, he got her husband killed, tried to cover it up. It just got bad, 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 bad. Do you know David? The Word of God says that David was a man after God's own heart. But David was a sinner. That's us. David, as a king, had the Holy Spirit. Do you know that before the Holy Spirit was poured out, the Holy Spirit was given to the priests and the prophets and the kings. Did you know that? Before the Spirit was poured out, after Jesus went to Calvary, died on the cross, went back, said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to the whole world. I'm going to send the Spirit over everyone. Before that, the priests, the prophets, and the kings had it. But David still sinned. He had what we had. He did not have the new covenant, but he had the spirit of God, yet he still failed. But God made a way for him. And Christians, new Christians, need to know, because you're struggling, it's normal. I peel this back and I've still got these bruises and these pains and these desires. That's normal. Let us start working with you. You need to be in the Word of God. You need the Spirit of God. And you need the body of Christ to come behind you and say, I've been through what you've gone through. This is how we're going to handle this. And you know what happens? Sanctification happens. This starts to look more and more like this. You start to change. That change is Sanctification. Sanctification does not happen right away. My change is still taking place. Those of y'all that really know me know it's still taking place. I still have challenges. I still have negative thoughts. I still have depressive thoughts. I still have angry thoughts. Sometimes those thoughts come out of my mouth. I want y'all to turn. If y'all brought your Bibles, let's, let's look at a scripture this morning. It's 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. I kind of feel like as we're starting to walk out this, um, our vision, this discipleship, to kind of go back to basics. And I believe that this is a message that Peter gave after Jesus left, after being equipped as a disciple to say, okay. Now, this is how we're going to move forward. We've received Christ as our Lord and Savior. We've been baptized. We've been filled with the Spirit. Do you know that the disciples were filled with the Spirit at Pentecost? So they're Spirit-filled. They believe, and they've been water-baptized. Now Peter says, look what he says in verse 13. Prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Now, to you, that may be brand new. Some of you may not realize you have self-control. Anybody here still freak out over stuff that's not really worthy of freaking out? Anybody have drama issues in your home? Um, I've got four children, and I I can tell you I'm probably the most dramatic of all of them. If the remote control is missing... We have drama, amen. That sounds so dumb, but it's so important. When the Cubs are playing, and it's game seven, and we should be watching it, and no one else cares, and we can't find the remote control, drama. So stuff happens. If I'm ever cooking, the kids know, don't anybody go around him, because there will be drama. And I make very basic things. But things when I'm not real comfortable seem to get very dramatic. And I typically, a lot of times, have to go back behind myself and clean up messes messes in relationship after I've cooked. Can anyone relate? Does anyone have drama? Prepare your minds for action and self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Do not slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. Do you know why you need to be around other spirit-filled Christians? Because they'll notice when you start slipping. Hey, that's the old Paul I'm hearing talking Sometimes that makes me want to sin just when someone says something like that to me, anyway. (laughs) Especially when it's real close family. I have a hard time sometimes, I have the hardest time sometimes receiving correction from my family. Sometimes it's easier from somebody I don't know. Because family can push buttons, can't they? But you know what? If you and I start walking together, we're going to notice. I'm going to notice a change. I'm going to notice if you're tired. I'm going to notice if you're on edge, if you snap at me because I put too much barbecue sauce on my chicken. Elizabeth says she can tell when she's on edge because she really notices me smacking my gum. Most of the time it doesn't matter, but there are some times it matters. You know, sometimes things just happen. Sometimes we face challenges. What this is telling us here is that you're going to face challenges. You're going to face challenges. Prepare your minds for action and for self-control. Put your hope in Jesus Christ. Live as God's obedient children and don't slip back into your old ways. The reason you need to be in the Word, filled with the Spirit and connected to the body, is to keep you from slipping and falling off the wagon. I can tell you without people around me, I can fall off the wagon and not know it and think I'm still right on. I need people around me to be able to say. Uh, Elizabeth is, it drives me nuts sometimes because as she has been growing in education and really thriving, I notice her um, put me in a, counselor's chair and starts um analyzing thank you and all of a sudden the light goes off and I'm like stop she goes but something's off what's off and that's what I need I may mean, not think I need it but I'm about to go off a cliff And she's there. It says in Ecclesiastes that two are better than one, that if one falls, there's someone else there to pick them up. The two are better than one, that one will get cold on their own, but two will stay warm. And a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. In when I do marriages, I relate those three things to each other, the husband and the wife and Christ. If you wind yourself up with those three things, you're not gonna break challenges will still come, but you're not going to break. You may peel the layer back sometimes and look and say, oh, I'm still hurting. I'm still hurting. But Lord, I do just plead the blood of Jesus over my life and over these thoughts that I'm having. And yeah, I'm still having a hard time forgiving my my parents or I'm having a hard time with my my sibling, or I'm having a hard time at work, or I'm having a hard time in my mind dealing with sin. Do you know the Word of God says that Christ has given us the power over sin? You may say, listen, brother, I don't have power over the sin that I'm going through. Okay, good statement. You need to get around some other Spirit-filled people. You need to get in the Word of God. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, because I want you to know what you're believing is a lie. You do have the power. You just haven't been you have not been equipped. You're using the wrong tool. You need to pull out the sword and put back up the another tool. Tools are used for specific reasons, and you may be trying to use the wrong tool on the wrong thing. Have you ever tried to use a flathead screwdriver on a Phillips screw? Sometimes you can white knuckle it and you get it out, but you screw everything up doing it. That's no pun intended. But you need the right tool. That's what the church body is here for, is to equip. To get you prepared for what you're facing, you're going to get through it. The Word of God says that His grace is sufficient for you, and no temptation will you be given that's too much. Nothing you're facing is too much that you, with Christ, can't handle. Amen? Amen. Justification, sanctification. God working in you, working through you. Before justification, the Holy Spirit was coming at you, was coming to you, was trying to get you. Once he's got you, he starts working through you. That working through you is sanctification. And we must help one another. I must receive help for my sanctification. From the Word of God, from the Spirit of God, and from the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Will you all stand up with me and I'm going to bless you.